what's up, people? What's going on? This is me, Nate, your host of the Artist Exchange Radio Show, coming from you loud, live, and still in a virtual world. But it's cool. It's cool because we we can do a lot of things virtually. Uh, and today is a, a extra sad day because uh, we just found out, well, everybody's reporting that DMX is uh, slipped away uh, for the last week or so. I believe he's been in a vegetation vegetated state, uh, different from a coma, uh, because he, his brain wasn't responding. Uh, he was basically on life support. So uh, they're reporting today that he's actually uh, passed away, which is very sad. Uh, we'll be talking about him uh, on the next show, uh, cocktail social show that comes on after this. Uh, but uh, just send your prayers out to his family, his children, more importantly. Uh, I believe he has like 14 children, 14 or 15 children. So they're definitely going to need everybody's prayer. Not all the gossip, not all the BS, but just send your, your love and your prayers and some good energy out to his children uh, right now. And I believe his fiance uh, also. But um, without further ado, I want to introduce my guest for the day, uh, Mr. Quincy Q, the actor. Uh, as you see on the bottom of the line, you can find him on social media, Facebook and Instagram. He's an actor. Uh, I met him um, doing a play. I think I, I met you a couple of times past me, but we actually got to work on a play together. And he has a lot of energy for a young man, uh, quite uh, the Morganite, uh, arrogant, uh, very talented as well. But, you know, you know, he cool. He cool. I invited him on the show, so it got to be cool. How you doing, sir? Good, man. Thank you for having me, man. It's, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Anytime. So how you been doing? Um, maintaining, man. Just trying to trying to just navigate through this whole pandemic. You know, I think, you know, even though things are opening up slowly but surely, I think, you know, for us artists, we're still in a pandemic, man. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, still, we're still in our own box. We're still in our own bubble. And uh, the fact that Nobody really has the answers as to when things can go back to normal for us as far as going back mm-hmm. on stage. Right. Um, it, it, it puts me in a, in, a, in a certain place, you know, right. honestly. And like myself, but, Quincy is a, a theater artist. So this has been tremendously uh, hard for live performing artists, musicians, comics, uh, dancers, um, and, and actors, uh, to say the least. Uh, because that live interaction is what our energy kind of is built off of. It's great in rehearsal, rehearsing for ourselves and right. you know, running for it, but it's nothing like that live experience. And I know plenty of actors right now who who has who have marked it in blood. I'm not doing any more virtual shows. I'm going to wait for things to open back up. And then others, they try to do things virtually or a lot of people have been live streaming live performances mm-hmm. where the actors are there, but the audience isn't. And I'm here to tell you, it is a strange thing. Um, I went from, we did Curly last, this time last year, and then we, everything was canceled. And I worked with Troy doing the Real Nigga show. And that was a weird experience. Uh, yeah. Having a performance with no audience and we are being the people that are on the laugh track and we're laughing and helping the actors to kind of move through, you know, the beats and the scenes and such. But I'm quite sure it's for somebody like you who thrived off of, you know, jumping from stage to stage, it could be definitely 
uh, a hardship. Um, have you have you tried doing anything virtually, or have you been able to fit yourself in in that world? Um, well, you know, um, I, I will say I will say that I've been fortunate to have still been doing something every month last year virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do I love it? Of course not. You know, <laughs> I'll be real with you. I'm like, I'm just going to be real transparent. This whole mm-hmm. thing, like, I, I hate it. I hate all it. the technical but glitches and people not unmuting their right. It's mm-hmm. from 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 the Zoom technical, you know, technical difficulties, just the people, you know, people's internet being different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this is not how it's supposed to be. You know, right. I mean, I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Don't get me wrong, because I have a lot of active friends and stuff that haven't done anything since. 2019 since you know January 2020 so I try to I try to be mindful of that but Mm -hmm. um god I hate it man (laughs) it is (laughs) because my thing to be said about it go ahead well 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 yeah my thing is like as you know like we're on zoom right now we're in a box you know what I'm saying so Mm -hmm. we're performing right now doing all this virtual stuff we're we're limited you know I can only move but so far I can only move but so far to the right and to the left that's not how it's supposed to be, in my view. But we're, you know, when we're doing theater, that's allowing us to, you know, be on stage and to move freely, you know, to express, you know, of course, sticking within the storyline of our characters, but we're not meant to be in a box. We're we're, we're told Mm -hmm. to, you know, step out of the box and we're literally in a virtual box right now. And I think that's, that's what, that's what kind of drives me crazy. And I'm, I'm also Mm -hmm. on the, on the fence of, you know, am, how long am I willing to to do these? Because it puts me in a bad place. It, it feels like a tease. You know, it's just mm. like this ain't the real thing. Like y'all, you, you playing with me? You know, right, it's almost right. like it's almost like foreplay. You know, let's let's, let's just get to it now. I'm ready. <laughs> you know, what uh, I'm sir, I know it's been a year. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. You know, that, that's how mm-hmm. it feels. Like it feels like all right. You know, let's let's just get to the nitty gritty. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, virtual, it's just like, you don't know who's watching you. You don't yeah. know who your audience are. If you yeah. even have an audience, sometimes yeah. you're just recording. And it's just really awkward, you know. Um, One of the things, uh, so in the beginning of the pandemic, up until maybe like the middle of last year, I started a, a virtual reader's theater uh, where mm-hmm. it, was, it was somewhat like a stage reading of it, uh, of plays. And what I, what I, always had to tell my my actors uh, that I was directing that you have to look at this as a different opportunity, an opportunity to be more engaging as right. theater of our uh, audiences, uh, well, artists rather, we are, we're kind of sheltered in that we have a select group of people that get to see us for a run of a show, however long or short that run is. But we have a better opportunity now to kind of compete with film and TV actors and that yeah. we can be more engaging and we don't have to be as direct or selective about who our audience is. We get to have the same type of audience that our TV and film and commercial actors get to get to have. Um, and that was that's a big opportunity because that's more faces and more people that can see you because a lot of these shows, as I said, I worked with Troy uh, last year, and we had people from outside of the country watching, people mm-hmm. from Baltimore and beyond uh, being able to tune in. So if, if actors can just hang in there a little bit and look at it for this as a marketing tool, 
and, right, and, right. and kind of concentrate on the business of performing. You still get to do a little bit of art, but focusing on your, you know, your business. And many of us had a hard time with that uh, prior to this or before this happened. So this is our opportunity to kind of get our feet wet and, and uh, show our face more because we get we get stuck when being in a theater where right. only a couple people get to see us at, at a time. But use the opportunity for your good and, and, and market, 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 market as much as yeah. you can. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, like you like you mentioned, you know, um, a lot of stuff that I've done virtually, like you said, you know, a lot of people across the country and even, you know, other parts, you know, of, of, of different countries, you know, outside of the U.S., you know, they're able just to receive a link. And, and uh, that's the beauty of technology today. You know, I, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just straight bashing, you know, virtual theater. But it brings um, them around now. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because there are definitely some pros to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's even from driving to a theater, you know, back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. like. So rolling out, out of bed. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, when, when I do have a costume, you know, I might be half dressed, you know, I'm so I'm still mm-hmm. kind of comfortable. Um, so you put so, yeah, all your clothes on today, sir. I hope <laughs> you put everything on today. Appreciate it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but know. it has yeah, definitely been a challenge. I, and I and I respect many of the artists who still push through because it's mm-hmm. been real janky. And I think yeah. even the technology has had to catch up to where we are in this pandemic because Zoom was not as savvy and none of these other streaming sites were as savvy. And even the Netflix and all of the streaming networks, it's been a bigger market now for web series. We didn't see all of these opportunities for us to be able to showcase ourselves. And I think uh, this will help a lot of theater actors to transition over into that world also, because now they've seen how you are able to deal with this, this box that you're in. And and I think more things. This is going to be a staple. This is now a new avenue oh, yeah. for uh, performing artists. And I I heard you did did I hear you right? You did one. What's that uh, new uh, like um, app that that's out now for Apple users? I think it's like a group chat room or something. Then you do um, performance uh, with Club, us? Clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't done anything on Clubhouse yet. Okay, okay, okay. But I'm, I won't, but, I won't be. Y'all won't be surprised if something comes up on that. You know, this, this. Well, they doing full out music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm so saying. It, it, I, I think we, I, I'm not a person that try to keep up with what time and technology is doing, but definitely make yourself aware of it and incorporate yeah. it into, because I'm sure, you know, outside of acting, you do a lot of acting, but at some point you will want to direct or produce mm-hmm. and you will want to find creative ways. I think the only downside of this is, a lot of people who who don't necessarily aren't necessarily a part of the arts, they started using this as an opportunity to get themselves put on. But also, and then actors wasn't getting paid correctly. And I know a lot of artists were really upset with that. Um, it wasn't really, it wasn't anything financially or substantially uh, connected to being on one of these sites right now. But you know, who knows where it may yeah. go in the, uh, in the future. Um, aside from uh, this quarantine we've been in, uh, how have you been able to sharpen your tool? How have you been preparing for when the world goes back to some type of normal? I don't think it's going to be the old normal, but some right, type right. of normal. Um, you know, I'm still doing auditions here and there. 
You okay. know, I'm, I'm always I'm always just looking for things that I can just even, you know at least just send a video submission to. Um, and again, you know, I'm still involved in some virtual productions. Like currently, you know, I'm involved mm-hmm. in the children's group uh, where we would tour a children's show. You know, different elementary schools and stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, of course, with this whole thing going on now, we've been able to do it virtually and send the link out to schools and stuff like that. Ooh, so ooh. you know, I'm still doing that. Um, I you know I actually had a show. Uh, two weeks ago, and we have a show coming up um, on the 22nd of April. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just for schools who are just willing to check us out. So that that keeps me busy. You know, I, I hate I hate the whole setup of like, dang, I gotta I gotta set my iPad up, <laughs> make sure my things good, you know, make sure my costumes right here. You know, mm-hmm. that when I'm when I'm in it, I'm in it. You know, yeah. that that, that yeah. never goes away, whether it's virtual yeah. or live. And I'm reminded how much this means to me. Right. Um, so that that keeps me sharp, and especially children's theater, you got to have like another type of energy to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And but but it's also a challenge because with children's theater, we we need that reaction from the children. You know, yeah, yeah. They're whole di- they're a different type of audience, man, and mm-hmm. um, that keeps us going. So trying to it keeps us on our feet because we have to find ways to be engaged without having that reaction from the children. So like, mm-hmm. okay, what can we do to maintain their, their attention span while they're right. looking at it? So, you know, we're, we're always coming up with different ideas and, and it's a lot of fun. It's exhausting um, <laughs> a lot more than, than doing it live because you have to stay on your feet. You know, you have to, it's draining just looking at a screen for, for yeah. hours and things. And let alone a child at that. Keeping their attention. It's hard to do that while you're in the classroom. I haven't physically been in a classroom since March the 13th, Friday, March the 13th. And Mm -hmm. uh, doing all of my now teaching virtually, it is dragging to me. One, because all you see is the ceiling because they don't want to put their camera on themselves. (laughs) or So it's it's been definitely different. And I understand the difference. Uh, even keeping the crowd control down when you're doing it live, I'm sure it's difficult as well. But, you know, actors think a lot. And we uh-huh. often think when we think about things that we shouldn't be thinking about in a moment because we're trying to make sure everybody is satisfied and everybody is getting what they want. But it is definitely hard. And I, I commend a lot of you who, who kept the ball rolling. I've, I've been able to do some projects, but I've limited myself to very little because it's frustrating. You know, getting your sound together, you know, having to invest in better mics and sound and lighting. And, you know, um, (laughs) I can't do everything from the comfort of my my boudoir, uh, but (laughs) you want to make sure your space is, you know, adequate for performance or being professional, you know, uh, and doing radio has helped kept me in it. It has kept me in it. But I, I definitely I see it because I see it different in your mood. You normally are the kid that's popping around and jumping around and it it, yeah. it did take a big wind out of a lot of us who Absolutely. are used to being performers and used to being in that space but theater unlike the rest of the the arts it trains us to be quick on our feet and mm-hmm. you know if the lights go out we all have performed in these you know uh community theaters so the lights may go out the sound may go out but you got to still give a show uh, despite what the circumstances, so I think a lot of us theater performers had a, a, a up up on top of a lot of the other people who have tried this platform because you could see celebrities were having a hard time 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> so we we felt like we were on the same page with a lot of people who who have the money to be able to make these things work. Uh, but I, I think I think in the next couple of months we're gonna see some things change a little bit or get a little bit better in terms of even the technology or things figuring out ways to make this happen without necessarily killing ourselves trying to fit people into a space again um uh, beyond beyond this and get off that because i'm i'm kind of tired of talking about COVID <laughs> myself but the business of who you are I, I know in terms of preparing you still have been auditioning and still doing shows but how have you kind of stepped up the business of q entertainment um honestly man it I'm, i'll just be real uh i haven't I felt like I haven't as much as I feel like I should have you know mm-hmm. I, I haven't really um you know I think like you said you know I'm kind of limiting myself at this moment kind of just mm-hmm. waiting waiting just to get some type of just anything like really? I, you, I know, get it. you know it's so, real. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll be real you know I haven't I haven't been going as hard you know as far as like marketing myself or mm-hmm. you know um, even when it comes to like creating a website and stuff now I will say I, I have been still updating my resume. I just want to just say this out there for y'all doing virtual theater, put that on your resume. Like mm-hmm. just just put that. I'm just saying that right now. Put that on your. That's resume. another section now that you can add to your yeah, your that, resume. Because at this point, like like you said, you know we're not going back to the old normal. Like this, we're we're, we're about to create a new a new type of normal where a this platform. This this is it. You know some people mm-hmm. are still willing to keep this in their back pocket, you know, virtual mm-hmm. theater because it works. I mean, at the end of the day, right. like it still works. So I just want to put that out there. But um um honestly, man, I really, I've really just been trying to, I've just been in survival mode, man. Mm-hmm. Really just out here just trying to just navigate just life, man. Right. It's right. hard just losing something that that meant so much to me um in, in a in a special way. And now that I've kind of lost that, not that I deserve any of it, because I'm grateful just for mm-hmm. all the opportunities that came my way, but I lost a piece of me, you know, when I mm-hmm. wasn't able to get on stage. And I, I'm kind of like, I, I took the stage for granted. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I always assumed that the stage would always be there. Because um, I always, I was fortunate and blessed to always have a production lined up after the current one that I was in. So mm-hmm. I was always preparing for the next one, preparing for the next one. And after that completely stops, like, dang, what do I do now? And I'm still right. kind of in that boat where I don't, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to like market myself at this point because I haven't, I haven't felt like I've accomplished anything that, I, that I'm known to accomplish on the stage. Mm-hmm. So it's something I'm still working on personally. And, you know, it's just, it's just my journey where, you know, I'm still just, just treading one day at a time, you know, for everybody is different for every, you know, some people that I know they're able to just even go harder, you know, still doing mm-hmm. it. I had to like take several steps back and really just kind of start from scratch in a sense. And, uh, but that's and, you, that's you working. So now you understand now what the business of being an artist is. And yeah. I wish a lot of these programs that foster creative talent, include something more than just an economics class uh, yeah. where you see the trends of business or um, I'm quite sure you had to take a fundraiser for the arts type of class, but 
the business of you beyond just going to or getting an audition is very important. How to sustain yourself as an artist because you're coming out of school with school debt and and all all you know is just the audition. And and right. unfortunately, fortunately, I'll say rather, uh, my education uh, in the arts, especially on the college level, we didn't have a lot of resources at Copley. So we were forced to learn how to go to a community theater or look at what is art in the community and attach ourselves to that and, and work towards that. Uh, and you have to really find the business of who you are. Uh, and, and you are the, the talent, uh, but the business of who you are has to expand a little bit and, and broaden and not to take you off the stage or out of the, you know, out of the limelight, but you got to figure out those little, things that make you a business. And I think you're learning that. You probably learned that this year because you had to figure out to do the same things you did with a stage, without a stage. Absolutely. And you kept the ball going. You you said you've been doing things every month since we got yeah. into this lockdown. And that's smart and that's creative and that's that's the business. You got to yeah. figure out how to keep your face out there. And you're good at networking. You're great at that. Uh, but the business of it, beyond mm-hmm. the networking, beyond getting the audition. So what do you do when there isn't any work? What do you do, you know, because uh, you got a child, you got a whole child, so there ain't no yeah. slouching in your right, world. Right. So you got to figure out how to keep that moving. And and I think that has either taught a lot of artists in this last year or so how to do that and the importance and significance of that, or a lot of people have retreated and like, you know, I'm just going to wait. And, you know, you see a lot of things still happening. A lot of things you know, are happening in the meantime. So life didn't stop, you know, because things were slowed down or put on a pause, but life didn't stop. Bills didn't stop coming in, you know. Uh, right. we to just figure out how to, can you hear me? I think. Yeah, okay. Uh, we just have to figure out how to keep the ball uh, rolling. Um, in, in terms of this year also, you, you lost a big mentor, uh, how have you been able to uh, deal with that and 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 rely on that? Uh, Ms. Dunlap is who we're speaking about, Shirley Bastrow Dunlap from Morgan State University. If y'all didn't know, that's where, uh, that's uh, Quincy's alma mater. Uh, and we lost her last year at the very beginning of this uh, pandemic. Uh, how has it been for you in that tight circle of Morgan? Um. It's 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 been rough, man. It's it's been super super rough. Um, mm-hmm. You know because uh, you know a lot of us a lot of us you know we were we were just talking to her, you know. Yeah. Um, and and the thing about the thing about um, you know Dr. Dunlap is that she you know she didn't let age define her. You know she just kept mm-hmm. doing things and accomplishing things, and she had plans and goals and and. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, and she I'm, was living out. She was living out her goal. She's one of the uh, few theater professors that I know of that was active in her career. College professors in general that was active in her career, doing regional yeah. theater, still writing books, no, getting her doctorate. You know, she was she was she was about it. Man, she was she was. Mm-hmm. You know, she and the thing was, she didn't really talk about it much. She just did it. You know, like yeah. and, and she just let her her actions just speak for it. And, and, and that's what, I don't know, I, man, <laughs> you know, just, just going into my freshman year in 2010, all the way up to now, like we established 
this this close relationship, especially as being a theater major. So we're under her wing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the closer you get towards graduation, the more you're seeing her face. So mm-hmm. it's either by the time you're a senior, either uh, you have a good relationship with her or you don't. <laughs> One of them other ones. <laughs> right, right, right. I was mm-hmm. fortunate to have a good relationship with her. Yeah. Um, by time and and having a good relationship with her was more than just her directing a show or having her as a you know professor in my class it was it was more personal you know she yeah. she knew us and we knew her she you know she didn't hide anything um but but losing her and i was fortunate you know very very fortunate to to be in the last show that she directed um mm. which was august wilson uh, and you know it it was I don't know, man. Like she just shook the whole world up, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, she still actually, I actually had a dream about her three nights ago. Like she'll she'll come every now and again in my dreams, and just and I can still hear her voice. You know, that's how close the relationship we had. Where you know she's still she's reminding me, like you know she's still here with us. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know, man. The fact that her last show was an August Lotion show at that. Mm-hmm. Um, her, her connection with August Wilson was was an unbreakable bond. You know, it's like I wouldn't really want to do an August Wilson piece without without her being involved. It's because it's like you know how some people just they just have a certain passion for certain things where it's just it's just so fluent. You know, that's how it was with August Wilson. I mean, she was yeah. so close with him, and um, even his daughter, you know, came to the school. I met her a few times, and she actually saw panelists, and she actually came to see panelists and August Wilson's daughter. Um, so, you know, she was really, she, you know, she was just really, um, just a heavy staple and Morgan and just the DMV and just all throughout. Um, mm-hmm. and that loss, uh, at the time I was starting to kind of find my way through this pandemic. I was, I was slowly starting to like find my groove as far as like virtual theater, you know, accepting the fact that we're going to be doing this for a while. And then I'm getting messages left and right about mm-hmm. I'm not transitioning. And it's just like, I went, it's like, I went back to zero, you know, it's like, yeah. Dang, how do I, how do I maneuver for this? You know, yeah. um, because she would be the one to kind of guide us when we're feeling that we're drifting away. You know, she was that, she was that guiding source. And not and, even in a baby in way. And oh, she always yeah, yeah. treated you like as if you were a professional artist. And exactly. that's what her expectation for your your uh, your talent was, to be a professional artist. If I remember anything about her, is you're not a baby. You're a grown-ass man. That's exactly. She exactly. said to me in my first. No, I mean, she was, she was right. You know, and even mm-hmm. as her students, you know, she always... You know, we were always taught to call ourselves professionals in training while we were mm-hmm. while we were at Morgan. So, you mm-hmm. know, especially it's it's a certain type of relationship after you graduate. You know, you you create a new bond because you know we're no longer in school and college. Now we're out in the real world. Where, mm-hmm. you know, she was our parent in that sense. Where like I, I taught you all that you needed to learn, and and now you're going out to the real world. And you know, she had these amazing connections that. You know, mm-hmm. with Chesapeake Shakespeare Company that I'm that I'm affiliated with now because of her. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's like certain things that she sees in you that you don't see in yourself until later on in life. Where it's just yeah. like, wow, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was it was truly truly a heavy loss, and um, I still feel her to this day. And 
it hurts, but you know, but I feel like, you know, she did everything that she was supposed to do while she was here. I do believe that, you know. And it's it and it goes without saying, uh, even if even if you didn't like her, you still fig- figured out a way to learn from her. And she figured out a way to te- still teach you. And, uh, and and it's hard when you lose someone who is a mentor because this world of an entertainer can be a little all over the place sometimes. And you need that person that can always be your focal point and somebody you can go back to to have those conversations with. So I'm sure you and, and many of the students and, and even somebody like me who I, I just did a production with her and she swap classes with our professor sometimes or cut in and sit in for our teacher often. But it is is without saying, and I've I respected her so much because not all professors do you see them in their field. Normally right. they're teaching you from a book, but she's teaching you from a production she just finished or she right, did right. before or, you know, her current status as a, a theater professional. So it's it's we don't have too many of those in the world. Mm-hmm. We have yeah. a lot of people who, who are good teachers and not in terms of being in the field. Somebody who just learned it and now right, regurgitating right. what they learned. But she actually was in the field. So uh, my condolences go out to all of you, her family, as well as all her students who I know are really, you know, hurting uh, from this still. But uh, moving moving into something more lighthearted, we just tackled a couple. I want to get the stuff out, heavy stuff out the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but in, in terms of you uh, being an actor, where did this come from? How did you know? How did you end up at a Morgan Theater uh, department? Uh, where did this come from? Oh, man. Um, I was honestly, uh, I was into music before before acting. Like, I'm, I'm a mm. self-taught, um, you know, I'm a self-taught piano player. Like, you know, okay. I, just, I grew up since playing, since I was like eight. So I always had dreams, aspirations of like, you know, playing behind all the famous artists, you know, Erica Badu, Joe Scott, you know, I loved R&B, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in high school and also basketball, basketball was, was my thing too. But um, when I went to high school, uh, I went to you know, um, Flowers High School in, in PG and mm-hmm. um, I tried out for I tried out for the basketball team. I was super trash. Like I don't know what what happened, but I was I was completely trash. So I'm like, all right, cool. Um, so I found out there was this jazz club, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, let me let me you know let me uh, see what's up with that. And um, this was in 11th grade, and I I remember it specifically. Uh, and um, it was after school. Uh, I was waiting for the jazz club to start. But I was waiting in a class. I was waiting in the class of my drama teacher. And apparently that was the first day of the drama club. So while I was waiting for the jazz club to start in the other room, I'm waiting in, you know, my teacher's room because she's like, you know, hey, just wait in here. Blah, blah, blah. All right. All right. And she's talking about this play, um, which is Pearly. You know, mm-hmm. they were doing Pearly at the time. And I'm like, what is a pearly? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, never heard this before. Uh, sounds like trash. All right, whatever. <laughs> what? Um, I know, right? <laughs> but she kept talking about it. She kept talking about it. And um, the, the, the room was filled. The room was packed. And um, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, if I, if I audition for this, 
I'm only going to audition for Pearly because I want the lead role. You know, I just want, I just want a challenge. I want a challenge. Mm-hmm. So she gave out sides, you know, which were like audition pieces for all the characters, Get Low, Captain Kachipi, um, Missy, you know, everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, all I took was Pearly. I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to just take this. So needless to say, I never went to my jazz club. I stayed <laughs> in the drama club. I went back home. I looked at the side and I memorized it. Um, I worked on it and I'm like, yo, this is for me. Then let it be. If it ain't cool, whatever. So auditions come long story short. I got the role of Pearly and the rest is history, man. Um, mm. I think, I think throughout that process, you know, there was a, a sense of arrogance and because I had no understanding, like, Hey, I'm the lead role. Hey, I'm Pearly, blah, blah, blah. You know, I had no sense of training. I had nothing. I, I was like fresh out the womb with acting. So my high school teacher slash director, she she humbled me and was like, look, you know, you have to humble yourself, you know, learn to not have your back towards the audience, learn all do all these things. I was all over the place. I was like, But <laughs> um, a new actor is often the best to work with because yeah. they don't have a lot of the hangups that we grow to have. Uh, habits we grow to have but they're often the best ones to initiate a project with yeah i mean if they're willing to receive it too you know mm-hmm. that's the other thing because some people you know some people had to like you know they got fired from the roles because they just chose not to listen or stuff so i i'm grateful that you know i at the time i'm, I'm glad that i didn't choose main keep that side of arrogance and like oh you know, I don't know what you're talking about let me just do it I was on the side of let me let me listen and let me receive all the notes. Um, mm-hmm. So when the curtains opened, we only did like four shows. It was a Thursday and Friday, then the next Thursday and Friday. The curtains opened, and the feeling I, I can still remember the feeling like you talk about nervous. Like I felt like I was about to throw up, but as soon as the curtains opened, mm-hmm. and I said my first line, "Brothers and sisters," you know. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. At that moment, I, I I just knew like this is for me because it was a feel, it was a feeling that I just never experienced before. It was from from the reaction of the audience, just to the camaraderie of, of my castmates and the dancers and the you know the pit singers and everything like just the bond that we created from rehearsals and even the story of Pearly. Like you know it was you know it was some emotional parts in Pearly, you know, um, and my, it was from the director believing in me and just from that moment, I was like, I can do this for the rest of my life. You know, I, I can, I can truly do this for the rest of my life. And I mm-hmm. think Pearly was the perfect gateway because it had dancing, it had singing and acting. It was musical. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it had all of but that. But that was still different from a lot of, you work yeah. harder. It's something that is more dance intensive and more yeah, song yeah, yeah. intensive, but that one is just, it keeps you moving. Like, there's is a nonstop, and that role is nonstop. So you got to always be on. And, and and with that, you know, we did a lot more dancing because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a high school production. You know, Pearly, in a sense, is a lot older, of course, mm-hmm. but, you know, we were all young. So we had, you know, movement in our bodies. So it was a lot of dancing on my end with Pearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so just learning that and you know, my director, she gave me the freedom just to 
do what I felt was natural, especially during those times where Pearlie had those long monologues and how he was telling the story of, of how, you know, in the second act, I think, you know, I don't know, you, you know what I'm talking about, but he just mm-hmm. had that whole storyline. Um, he talked about what he did to old cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I mean, I milked the crap out of that part. Like, and <laughs> um, I think just having that freedom just to do that on stage mm-hmm. and, and just hearing the audience connected to it, especially um, because a lot of them could relate or a lot of their grandparents could relate to that time where mm-hmm. things were hard for us. So I think having that and I don't know, man, it was, it was just a natural high for me. And from that moment on, you know, that next year was my senior year. We did dream girls, which was, you know, I, I played Curtis and that. So that was, mm. that was another thing. Um, and then, you know, I just, I felt like, you know, this is what I want to do. And I started emailing Dr. Dunlap my senior year in high school. Like, Hey, you know, I'm really okay. interested in coming to your, she never emailed me back. <laughs> but I, I let her know, like, look, this is who I am and I'm interested in joining your program. You know, just keep me in your head, you know, just don't, you know, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened was in high school, you know, my director, she she birthed the passion in me with with Dunlap. She 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 honed it, you know, like she she took off all the unnecessary pieces. And like she just added layer on top of layer on top of layer. And you talk about mm-hmm. humility. She allowed me to realize, like, you know, just because you're a theater major doesn't mean you're gonna be on stage every year. You're gonna learn about being run crew, you're gonna learn about makeup, mm-hmm. you're gonna learn about wardrobe, you're gonna learn yeah. how to build a set, you're gonna learn light design. And I have all that in my back pocket because, mm-hmm. because, because of her and because of the program. And um that gave me that gave me even more respect for theater because it makes you realize like it ain't all about the actors Mm-mm. so many other pieces to the puzzle that create a production and it don't it, it don't have to be on stage people don't have to see them but you, you have to realize that it's more than just actors and the directors that are putting on the show you know mm-hmm. we're all an ensemble and um that's beautiful to me man it's, it's beautiful right to take classes to understand how how long it takes to build a set you know what pieces you materials you need to what materials you need for lights what what you know it's it's all a process and all of that was just so near and dear to my heart and i think um just seeing just the the nitty-gritty of behind the scenes of just theater it just really just drew me close and a lot of the a lot of the students that i have i always you know, college isn't for everyone, a cliche, but I always tell them at least try it. Especially yeah, yeah. if you want to be an artist, go to school and at least open the door to learning about it because it teaches you so much humility in your field. And that's where we get a lot of divas from. People who don't yeah. know what it takes to put on a show, who think that their presence is the end-all be-all and without that lighting and that sound and that tech guy, uh, you are just in the dark talking, Absolutely. you know, and, and literally, uh, but it, it is, it, it gives us so much humility. Uh, mm-hmm. And I try to tell people, you don't have to go all four years, but take some classes, 
you know, go work at a community theater where you learn the meat and potatoes of what you are. You know, you learn why you have to stand a certain way on stage when you learn all the other aspects. You learn how to respect the person that is making your or building your costumes or doing your makeup. And, you know, even that point, theater actors don't have makeup artists. We had to learn that shit ourselves. You know, so you learn every single aspect of it. And that's one of the things that I pride myself on. And and because we went to HBCUs, we often had to learn theater in a a totally different way than if we went to a different school where where they had every single resource at their disposal, you know, and not comparing it because theater is hard no matter where you go to. But I think we learned it in a way from especially two black mamas uh, that, that did not play and gave it to you honestly and as you go out into the world you realize it's harder even than what they made it uh but it prepared you for whatever uh came came to be and that that kind of takes me to my next uh question for you being in a city or the dmv period where it's predominantly run by white faces or non-black people how have you been able to situate yourself and transition from being in that cocoon that our little theater departments gave us uh, to now you're competing with other people who may, may not look like you or uh, or who have an expectation for theater that is different from what you learned or what you were taught. Yeah, I, I definitely felt like I had a lot more to prove to myself just because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was in a few Shakespeare productions where I was the only black black actor in the cast. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna lie, man. That that's intimidating. It was yeah. intimidating at one point. Um, I dealt with racism um, mm-hmm. in, in some of those productions in the Baltimore area. You know, um, yeah. I've, I've 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 dealt with it firsthand. And at the time, you know, I I had locks. You know, I I, I had the locks. I had everything that you could possibly you know, have on a guy. Like I looked like that person that just didn't belong in a Shakespeare production, mm-hmm. let alone. Shakespeare production with the all white cast and all white director, like white director, white production, everything, everything mm-hmm. white, all white, everything. And um, man, it, it made me feel like I just had, you know, like double or triple the amount to prove to myself. Mm-hmm. One, just to let you know, like, I do have an understanding of Shakespeare. And two, I'm supposed to be here, but it took years for me to, even now, like, I'm still building that confidence. Because mm-hmm. um, for me, it was it was it was traumatizing, man. It was traumatizing, especially like when you know that that your own cast, like your castmates, are looking and frowning upon you just because of the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. Or so they I, don't think you're good enough, or you're on their level, and, and they're not even willing to find out. You know, like mm-hmm. they're not even willing just to see what I'm about. They they already made up in their minds like he ain't about nothing. You know, he should yeah. be. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that um, and and dealing with that, like you know, it, it really it really traumatized me, man. Um, but but you know, it, it took a lot in me to to realize that you know I do have a place, I do have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, you know, I don't know exactly what what got me to to being a little bit more confident i'll probably give some credit to dr dunlap because you know she was like you know she she placed her foot wherever wherever she needed to be 
you know, wherever, whatever room mm-hmm. she walked in, even if she was the only black person, you know, um, she got everybody's attention. You know, she made her presence known. And, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't, I wouldn't know, but she wasn't bothered by it. You know, she might, you know, I don't, I can't speak for her, but she always had that confidence in her where like you can walk into any room and you can demand, you know, you, you can demand mm-hmm. the space, you know, demand the space. And, um, that's, that's, that's what I, that's what I've been still working on. And even just two years ago, I've, I've had, I've had some problems with, with some castmates who, who, you know, had their opinions about the choices that I made on stage and, you know, who had some judgment and treated me differently, you know, on and off stage. Um, again, just because they felt like, you know, I just didn't belong. And that was just mm-hmm. too good. So my thing is, just like, it's always going to be there. You know, we're, we're always going to face this, but there, there has to come a point in time where you have to do some, 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 some searching inside yourself and mm-hmm. ask, you know, do you belong here? Do you feel like you belong? And if the answer is yes, then own it. If not, then take a step back and then, and then see what you can work on or, you know, see, see what you need to help you move forward. But, the answer to that question for me is always yes. I belong. You know, there's a reason why I'm here. And I ain't got nothing to prove to nobody. I ain't got nothing to prove to y'all. You know, my mm-hmm. castmates or nothing. I'm here to tell a story. You know, and if and if y'all ain't here, you know, if 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 y'all aren't the same page with me, then that's on you. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna do my part. I'm gonna continue to be the professional that I am. I'm gonna show love. But I've accepted the fact that it's always going to be here, man. You know, we're always we're always going to be looked at because honestly, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them know that we're capable of all these things. Mm-hmm. And some, you know, I feel like I feel like and, and that scares them a little bit, you know. But my thing is, we're always going to be limited just because of the color of our skin, you know. So I mm-hmm. always feel like there's always going to be some sort of fight that, you know, where we have to not necessarily prove, but um, I always think there's just always going to be some fight, just even, you know, how we're just still fighting for justice today. You know, this is no different in the theater world. You know, we'll yeah. always be a fight. Um, but my thing is just keep on fighting, you know, just keep on, you know, owning your space, finding your light, you know, um, mm. and, 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 and taking, taking ownership of the stage or the virtual stage where we are now. Um, and you know, just screw what they think, screw what they say. You know, there's always, there's always going to be somebody yeah. black. And it, it it hurts, it hurts to know that it's still like it's in every facet of our lives, and then we got to go to rehearsal and face it too. And many now you understand why many actors quit because it becomes yeah. a psychological thing. Uh, but in how you you take those moments or those lessons, how have you been able to incorporate that into how you prepare for a role, how you you are looking at yourself as an artist, like your life as a black man, how has that imitated your life as a black male artist? How has those two worlds kind of collided or other than the experiences that you face, but how do you deal with it or how how has those two worlds like connected? Gosh man, um <laughs> I mean, I mean, just, just, just stepping out and just stepping out outside of my home, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. always just going to be, it's always, always feels like some pressure. And I, I can only speak for myself, you know, just as mm-hmm. a black man, 
where, um, you know, I always just feel like I just need to have my guard up, you know, mm-hmm. um, just even <laughs> just as a black man in period, man, whether I'm, you know, a theater or just driving on the highway, you know, passing a you know, police car, you know, I just always feel like I just need to do what I'm supposed to do, you mm-hmm. know, you know, both both hands on the wheel, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, don't don't even look like I'm looking down at my phone or anything, that, you know give them a reason to to and i feel like that's the same with theater you know i just i just do what i'm supposed to do you know i i i try i try not to i try not to give them a reason to if y'all not in baltimore right now it's thunderstorming yeah, so you yeah. hit on both of our mics <laughs> i just well, i ain't want to just keep going and nobody said no anything. no no yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I, I i just i just try not to display a reason to to even give them mm-hmm. I thought, you know, even though it's still going to happen, you know, it's right. not going so much, but I think, man, it's, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm tired, man. I'm just tired. Of and and even on the perspective of being in the arts, we yeah. have many allies who have taken the responsibility and are trying their hardest to make it not necessarily easier for us, but to acknowledge what's going on and make opportunities that fit us in, that is not just us fitting into who they are. You know, here in Baltimore, most of the non-Black theater companies try to at least incorporate one Black play in their season. That's not enough, but the acknowledgement of it is definitely um, seen. I see it. And I know the ones who are doing it because it just make money versus the ones who are doing it because it's their responsibility to to tell all stories and not just the ones that make money uh but it i i want everybody to succeed i just don't want i i get tired of having to have to mentally prepare myself for a role and then mentally prepare myself for the treatment that i'm going to get when i walk in those spaces so that that makes it hard because i already have trouble learning mine i don't need another stress maker in in my life yeah, no, that that's that's where I am, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why I say it's exhausting because you know it it, it shouldn't be like this, but but it's just the mm-hmm. unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, everybody's different. You know, I can only speak for myself, only because like I've dealt with certain things. Um, just first, even even in the middle of a show, like literally in the middle of the show, my white director pulled me out during the show and 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 and, and said some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just stuff like that where it's just like, man, you know, you know, I've, I've dealt, I've dealt with some crap and I'm still young, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just like, um, like you said, man, it's, it's one thing preparing mentally for, for what you have to prepare for, for your role, for, for the scene, for whatever is coming up. But for me, I also, also have to just be prepared for the judgment of others. And I don't let that get to me, but at the same time, like you can't, we I, I, it's hard for me just to. Like you know that it's still there. You you know mm-hmm. my thing is because we all have to work together. You know theater mm-hmm. is an ensemble, requires an ensemble. So it's just like yo, let's just let's just cut all this out. You know, but yeah. it, it it is it. I'd rather prepare for it than to walk into it blindly. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. You know, but it, it sucks. It sucks all the way around. You know, but my thing is, um, I still keep going. You know, um, mm-hmm. and, and because of of 
you know, Dr. Dunlap passing away. And, you know, I know I keep bringing her name up, but, you know, she just had too much of an impact in my mm-hmm. life to just, to just stop completely. It's like right. now, it's, it's not, it's, it's now a matter of everything that she invested in me um, and, and pouring that into the world, whether they like it or not, whether, whether they want it or not, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm at a point, I'm at a point where um, I'm going to make my presence known. And whether I have to mentally prepare, cool. But at the end of the day, I'm going to show up and do what I need to do. And I'm going to dip. You know, I'm, I'm not going to stay in that funk. I'm not going to stay in that mess because everybody has stuff that they need to work on personally. Right. Uh, and it's not my responsibility anymore. I felt like it was my responsibility to prove to my castmates, to my director that, hey, yeah, I'm black, but hey, I can do this. I can do this. I felt like it was my responsibility to change everybody's perspective. Um, <laughs> Black artists, and I realized like that's not that's, that's tiresome. It's, it is. It's, it'll it'll take you to a point where you don't want to do this anymore. And I don't know right. if you've ever had those moments, but for me, it's it's been there. Uh, yeah. Starting even from high school, going to predominantly white high schools and and middle schools, where you're trying to be a part of this thing and you're trying to fit in, but it's still not enough. I remember my very first show; they forgot that it was a black person on the cast because they were so used to what they didn't get makeup for me so the young lady had to use her blush palette as foundation and I looked ridiculous I looked like I was I had burns on my face and it you know that embarrassment gets you you know makes you stronger but at the same time you're like I I don't feel like you know doing this no way and that's how I ended up at Topping I wanted to go to the blackest school that I could think of that, that would give me me, that I would be taught me and not just somebody else's way or somebody else's history. Uh, but it, it it's definitely difficult trying to maneuver personalities and racism when you're dealing with it as a black man anyway. And now I got to come into something that is supposed to be home for me and deal with it in, on, that, on that front as well. Um, in terms of how do you choose what you want to do? in terms of roles or uh, theaters or how do you choose the work that you do? Man, I'm at a point where, uh, you know, I'm really selective now only because I've had a season where I would just say yes to everything. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm at a point Mm -hmm. like you can't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When do you learn how to say no? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And um, gosh, man, uh, some 30s you know, start to creep up on you. You're going to get tired, I'm telling you. And now I have a child. So it's like, man, look, mm-hmm. I got to, look, man, I, I need, I need my, I need, I need my time to be worth it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I need to get something out of this. And it's not a matter of being a diva or nothing like that. It's, it's more of, like, look, okay, you know, because every show that I'm in, I'm always investing, like, everything in me, you know. Mm-hmm. And my thing is just, like, some, some theaters, um, they don't, they don't give, they don't return that same investment. And that's a slap mm-hmm. in the face. And it's mm-hmm. not, it's not even about money. Sometimes it's about respect. You know, I need, I need, I need you to respect my value. And, um, I, I really, I really, I really want to, I really want to call some theaters out, but I'm not, I'm going to, but it's, it's not, it, <laughs> it's, it happens at all of them because it, it, it becomes yeah. about what they need. Even on the collegiate side, educational theater, Absolutely. it becomes about them and you become a part of what they need to get to where they are. 
So it's not even one particular theater. Sometimes no, it's, it's worse at other places, but it your value. And I and I remember seeing you work, and I, I've seen you in a couple shows. And I, I remember seeing your work ethic, and I remember where I was. And I remember I asked Woody King, King's House School for Residency. I asked him, when do you say no? You know, because I know yeah. at some point you got to say yes to everything because you're learning and you're growing and you got to, you know, you got to sacrifice. And he said never. And something in me was like, uh-uh, this ain't, that don't sound right to me because I'm tired right. right now even asking you this question, making a space for me to come to this class to talk to you. But you have to learn how to say no. And you're going to be called difficult. You're going to be called a diva. Um, the difficult world is definitely going to be thrown out there. But when you learn your value and now you're making other people learn your value, they're always going to list you as difficult. But and that, despite and that, do you? Yeah. And that's and, and it's a gift to say no, because a lot of mm -hmm. people, they don't they don't have the confidence to say that because they think that once I say mm -hmm. no to a theater, then yeah. I'm going to have mm -hmm. I'm going to be on a on, on a streak of not getting anything, mm -hmm. you know. And the whole thing about calling theaters out is like, I, you know, it's yeah, it's not it's not just one particular theater, but, you know, there are theaters that I feel like, you know, they should they should improve their standards. You know what I'm saying? Um, because, like, they should realize, like, you, know, mm. you have people. Coming. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave them on a cliffhanger. I'm going to leave them on a cliffhanger. They, they, they know who they are. They know who they are. When you but, but uh, remove yourself and when you yeah, remove yeah. yourself they'll realize how much they needed you because then and, your, and your work as is don't stop what you're doing keep doing and then you will notice they will call you now it's not gonna be you asking hey what y'all got coming up right and that's how it's been for me lately you know mm -hmm. and and um you know sometimes you know i have theaters like reach out like hey we have this going on you know mm -hmm. i'm you know it would be really nice you know it'd be really not like you know no nah, i'm good um and you don't always you don't have to give your reasoning it's mm -hmm. just okay to say, um, I respectfully decline, you know, and, and this is just for those that do have trouble <laughs> saying, no, because, you know, I learned, I learned that respectfully know. decline thing, but it, at some point they <laughs> still start asking. So you then send an invoice and then they normally like, okay, uh, I'll catch you another time. Yeah, there's that. There's mm -hmm. that. I haven't been, I haven't been, haven't been there where I had to. We'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll show you my app and you'll be able to All understand, right, cool. but it's just, you have to determine your wealth. And in theater, you can get exactly. caught up in that rat race of trying to work and yeah. you'll find yourself 10 years, 20 years into it. And you are still where you were as a freshman in college. Yeah. You know, exactly. the first time I had exactly. to say no to Professor Quartz, my mentor. That would it it I walked away from that actual concert uh, conversation. Like, let me just hurry up and get out this building before I change my mind. Like and turn around and say, oh, yes, I'm going to do it. But you have to say no. You can't be everywhere. And I've seen you go from this rehearsal to that show. And I've seen, I've watched you do it. And I, you know, sometimes I say stuff, but sometimes people have to learn their lesson uh, because oh, yeah. it's not always received the same way. But you will learn. You will learn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You will no, learn. I've, I've learned. Trust me. I'm at, I'm mm -hmm. at a point where I'm really intentional on, on mm -hmm. who I get my time and energy to. Um, right. it's, it's really, really essential. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's never always about the money. I'm at a point where like, I'm, I'm still in a situation where, you know, all these acting gigs and stuff, they're, they're not, 
regular source of income for me. So it's not mm-hmm. about who can pay me the most or anything. It's just really about respecting my time. You know, if I if I'm going to give you my time, I I need you to I need you to respect it and not take advantage of it. Um, and that's that's why. Hey now. <laughs> And, um, and, and like you said, you know, I, I was mm-hmm. one of those people that had to learn just through experience. Um, mm-hmm. Now, now I did say yes to certain projects, knowing what I was going to get myself into. But it was it was more so for personal reasons for me, where like I really wanted to play this character. You know, I really. I but really, you you start learning how to take those those engagements or those opportunities and say, well, if I'm going to do this, I need this. Right, and you right, have right. to follow it up with what your needs are. You, they telling you what their needs are. Well, I, these are my needs. I can only be here on these days from this time to this time. I can't go over because I have a child at home. I, can, I need, and it's not even any explanation. These are the things right, that I right. need. And you'll start saying, okay, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. And the moment they step on it, be consistent. No, I cannot do this. And they'll, and it's not, some of them won't want to work with you anymore, but yeah. you don't need to work with that person. Exactly. Uh, and some people will, you know, learn and be like, okay, let me, you'll, you'll see them learn their lesson in a moment. Just mm-mm. to anybody yeah. that's listening, myself uh, and Quincy, we've done a lot of shows and it's, it's very easy to get caught up in that. I got to do this, or I want to work with this actor. I want to work with this director or at this space, because you're thinking about your resume and how Mm -hmm. that's going to get you bigger things in the future. But if you're too tired, if the quality of who you are is not at its optimal level, it's no, the audience board will look at you and they're not going to come to shows when they see your name because of what you did in the last show. And you don't want that cycle to start happening at this stage and where you are. Um, how are you learning those lessons, though? Like, what are some of the big lessons that you're learning outside of the power of no? Um, man, just just be intentional with your time. You know, it's mm-hmm. just find time to rest. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's okay to rest. You know, it's <laughs> gosh, man. Um, I'm still having a hard time resting. Like, this has been a period where. Mm-hmm. Go to bed, sir. Go to bed. No, you gonna learn them lines tomorrow. (laughs) Go to bed, man. I'm I'm always, you know, I I was always like you said, you know, I was always going to a rehearsal. I was always just grinding Mm -hmm. nonstop. It's overlapping. Oh, always, man, always. And this is this has been a season, a 13th month season of of just resting and and Mm -hmm. and seeing what's in front of you. And, and you know, like I have you know, beautiful daughter who's just growing, growing, growing. How old is she now? She's four years old. Now. Okay. And so you made you it know, through. You made it through. I mean, you made it through. I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here, man. And it's just stuff like that. Like you know, she and she kind of she reminds me just to take it one day at a time, just to just to be in the moment. You know, be mm-hmm. in the moment, um, and and not feeling like you have to live for the future. You know, I. I I'm, you know, just listening to inspirational messages on YouTube and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I heard somebody say, like, you know, um, you're stressed out if you live in the past. You know, you're you're anxious and you're worried if you're living in the future, but you're at peace when you live in the present. And mm. um, I was always working for the future, always anxious, like, dang, I got to be busy. I got to do this show. I got to do this to stay busy, to stay this. But now mm-hmm. I'm learning to be at peace with what's in front of me now. Living in the moment. 
living in the moment, man. Mm -hmm. Just just taking advantage of your time and understanding that, look, you know, it's okay to not be doing something right now because mm-hmm. if if it's meant for you to do something, then the opportunity will come. And I know that because, you know, I'm grateful to receive emails from people that I haven't heard from in a while and all, they, all of a sudden have something coming up like, hey, um, I had you in mind for this. So just the fact that, you know, I'm still on people's minds and hearts when the mm-hmm. project comes up, it makes me realize, like, I don't have to be doing this rap race. I've, 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 I'm in a position where I've created connections with certain people. I've created uh, relationships with with peers, and you know, mm-hmm. and I just got to trust that that God is just sending my name to those you know who who I'm meant to work with, and that it's not all my responsibility. I don't have to, you know, I don't have I don't have to do it all on my own. You know, sometimes man, it's just important for me as a spiritual man just to let God just do what He needs to do, and for me to do what I got to do. You know, mm-hmm. um, right now that's just being in the moment, man. Just I'm liking that a lot of artists are adapting that. Don't go too far over to the left because I made that mistake, and it was hard for me to get back into the rhythm of yeah. auditioning and being in it because I just got tired of the game, and I'm mm-hmm. not a game player, so I take what I do very seriously. Uh, and I have an attitude problem, so if I think you plan me, I'm a I'm a go off. Uh, but I'm learning now the balance of it all. Uh, no is definitely still at the top of my vocabulary list, just in case I need to use it. But we also have to figure out how to uh, just figure out the rhythm of it, uh, how to get rest, how to, you know, um, how to, you know, choose what we want to do and balance our time and force others to respect our time and and force others to really um, adapt to who we are and not feel like we always have to say yes to everything. And we always have to be on all the time. Yeah. Balance out, you know, a lot of people that, I have a lot of my students that watch. And, and a lot of what I tell them is, you have to figure out how to balance this for you. Because yeah. if something happens to you, you have a stress attack or whatever, that show is going to go on. They may right. have to postpone in a second, but trust and believe that show is going to go on with or without you. Just like a job will be there. They'll find somebody to replace you before they cancel a show because, oh, Quincy was too sick. And we wanted Quincy, but it was, he was sick, you know. So what, what are we going to do? Uh, but, um, yeah, just, just anybody that's listening that want to be in this, I always tell people, learn what you're doing. And not just from YouTube University. That's a great source now, but it's not the end all be all. Learn from somebody so you can have a mentor. Nobody wants a mentor anymore. Everybody feel like they go learn a couple steps and then they go make it their own and then that's it. But figure out what this is for you and really learn what you're doing outside of just going to a couple shows and, you know, making it up as you go along. That whole faking it till you're making the error, that's gone. Because there's people out here that are working. Well, 
That's what happens in the virtual environment. <clears throat> Hopefully Nate will be back shortly. It is storming outside, so just be um just to make sure everybody understands that it's uh, a horrible storm outside here in Baltimore. So just bear with us.
welcome back. We had a small little interview, a little mishap. Um, I'm I'm over this pandemic. I'm gonna tell you this now. I'm not for it. I'm I'm not for this BS. Uh, but like theater actors, you got to keep it moving. Um, but my question before we left was, what what are some of the things that you are uh, you're looking to do in the future? Or will we see you as a director, as a producer? Uh, what projects do you have coming up? Uh, no, no directing anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, um, you know, I, I mentioned um, a children's show that I'm a part of, uh, Building Better People Productions, which is uh, children's ensemble um, based out of Annapolis, Maryland. And uh, lately, you know, we're still doing um, school shows. So our next one is on the 22nd. And then I think we may have some, I think we may have a show in May, but we're always just open to whatever schools or summer camps need us we're all, all year round, just doing shows with that. So it's always, mm-hmm. you know, um, unpredictable with that. Um, in the summertime, I've been working with the Chesapeake Shakespeare Company um, doing the teaching artists workshop uh, summer camp um, during the summertime. So that would keep me busy. And that is actually, that will actually be in person, um, which is, you know, still, you know, maintaining the social distance and stuff. But I think that'll, that'll kind of give me some, some hope for the future. You know, um, how do you like the teaching aspect of it? Will these be children or adults? Is that a youth program? Yeah, like teenagers, I I believe. Um, How do you like that aspect of it? And how much of Dunlap do you hear coming out of your mouth when you're doing that? (laughs) um, Well, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been a teaching artist with, with Chesapeake for about four years now. And um, I think, you know, they, they kind of have a, a basic uh, formula or, or, you know, their own format of, of how to, um, you know, kind of like engage with the students. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really, um, I'm really, uh, what's the word? Um, I can't be as 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 free as I as I would like to be the way the way <laughs> the way Dullat was, <laughs> you know um, that, that ain't, it ain't that kind of party, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know with them it's, it's it's for a specific, you know, just for English classes. Like we 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 would usually I would usually teach uh, like Romeo and Juliet residency at mm-hmm. um, at middle schools and stuff, and it would be really just for like the English period um, throughout the day. So it's not like a, having one particular class all day. It's just like several classes during the same, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, dealing with certain scenes and, and, and stuff from Romeo and Juliet, you know, there's a certain criteria that we follow uh, because it's a certain goal. We're only there for about a week and some change with these res- residencies. Like we're in and mm-hmm. out. Um, so it's, not, it's, it's more of uh, let's get this formula down to the, to the audience. I mean, not to the audience, to the students. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to building like personal relationships or, you know, kind of like, you know, molding them and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. More structured uh, for in a particular area. Um, but with this summer camp, it'll be kind of in that same field where we're, you know, tackling certain Shakespeare productions for a week and, you know, we'll move on to the next. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different, um, it's a different avenue. And she actually put me on with that. Uh, with, mm-hmm. with Ron, who is who is you know the head of head of all of that, and she actually um, created that relationship with Chesapeake, um, Chesapeake and I. So you know, I have I have, I have her to thank for that. But um, I, I, she didn't. I don't. I don't really. Uh, I don't really have a lot of Dunlap that that bleeds out when it comes to teaching. You know, because um, I'm still actually learning 
myself as a teacher. Uh, I don't I don't mm-hmm. know if I would like to do this full time one day. Um, right now, I don't feel like it's for me. Um, I feel like, you know, doing what I do with Chesapeake is just it's enough for me right now. Um, because dealing with these kids, man, uh, I, 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 it's I a different know. world. It's definitely, is <laughs> is a different world. I, I would just, I would be, I'm always curious as to what an actor is capable of outside of what we've been trained to do. Um, and it just, I think for me, I'm a little, um, I get bored easily. So I have to jump from actor to director to teaching to whatever else creatively I'm doing. Uh, but I'm, I'm always well. Just the, just the process that I see in actors and how they prepare, I can normally tell who would make a good director versus who wouldn't necessarily. Uh, and I'm just always just curious, just to see. But if you could direct something, what would it be? You know, um, I actually I actually been having this in my heart. Um, it would actually be original pieces that that have been in my heart, man. Mm. Um, I, I have I do I do have some things um, lined up for the near future. But, uh, you know, it's it's actually been in my heart every day. You know, I, I don't I don't know um, mm-hmm. what I would what I would direct. It would probably it would probably be, um, you know, it would probably be an August Wilson piece because, you know, just just, you know, learning what I learned at Morgan. Mm-hmm. You know, we I actually took an August Wilson class um, and it was only me and another student where we were the only two to take that class under Dunlap. And mm-hmm. we were the only class to take that. Like nobody has come before us or after us with that class. So I learned a lot with, with August Wilson um, and his plays. And I would love, I would love just to put my spin on, um, on, on, on certain productions. Like I would like to put my own spin on, on the piano lesson. And um, I, I would really, mm-hmm. really love to direct Jimmy the Ocean one day. Um, I, I got, I have some, mm. I have some, I love, I love Jimmy the Ocean, man. It's super spiritual and, and so many, so many elements in the play where, uh, I would, I would love, I would love to create it. The first time I read it, I already had ideas like how I would present mm. this on stage and I'm like, that, that would be my first go-to. But outside of that, I, I would have some originals that I would like to dish out, um, yeah. kind of on the, on the borderline of Hamilton. Um, you know, I would, I would like to create some, some type of, some type of uh, musical, um, hip hop musical that I have in my heart. Um, mm. But no, that's you heard. It, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm loving how outside of the box, a lot of playwrights and screenwriters are getting right now, um, and, and still stand in line with historical value, cultural value, but are, are looking outside of the box. We've seen a lot of TV, a lot of web series throughout this pandemic that was definitely what the hell was that and why haven't we seen it sooner? Um, yeah. So I'm falling in love with with that. And sometimes when I'm, I've am i had my feel with acting, I gravitate over to directing and I've been looking at pieces uh, that I want to. I think uh, for me, Seven Guitars uh, is something that we don't get to see that often. Uh, I, I I think I've only ever saw, saw it once performed uh, full out, uh, but that's one of the ones because there's so many. It's more women in that one than any of his right, other right. pieces. Um, and and for people who don't know who August Wilson is, especially he's a black male actor, just black artists in general. He he is like 
the father of playwriting for many of us, because especially for black men, he gave us a voice in this area of theater that we rarely have. It's rare, rare pieces that you'll find where there are strong male points of view that vary, that, mm -hmm. that go to gamut. Pearly is one of those pieces that have strong male roles in it, but a lot of the plays, you can't really think of a lot of plays that unless we adapt a non-Black piece, Outside of that, is is not a lot outside of August Wilson's work that speaks to our experience from our perspective about us, uh, and still has that that woman uh, balance to it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, that's one of the ones because it has the most balance in terms of male versus females in it. Right, right. Yeah, I will. I will also like. I will also like to direct the Shakespeare piece, and um, mm. and and um, you know, and and. <laughs> urbanize it up you know what i'm saying mm. <laughs> um mm. I, actually, I was actually able to do a hip-hop hip-hop uh shakespeare piece um 2019 and uh it was it was incredible you know um it was it was mind-boggling how you know you could change a piece that was um like whitewashed you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. to, to creating it into a way that's ours you know and it just felt so original it didn't even feel like well, the rhythm it. in it is is definitely it's all, it's familiar to us. Yeah, it's already there. You know, if you, you get you, rid of the, if you stop focusing on the words for a second, yeah, and just yeah. hear the rhythm in it, it is it's then, easy to adapt to a musical. And that and that's the beauty. That's the beauty of it. You know, mm -hmm. it's you know they they I, I like to use the term like they kind of colonize um, Shakespeare's work. You know, where mm -hmm. you know he, Shakespeare man, he was so super musical. You know, like his yeah. his, his poetry. And um, mm -hmm. it was so it was easy. It was easy just to morph to to combine that in hip hop because you know it really wasn't much to change. You know it was already there. Mm -hmm. You know we were just putting you know music behind it. Um, mm -hmm. And you know I would I would do you, like to do, do you like like do you like what do you like what uh, Denzel is doing with August Wilson uh, plays in terms of making the movies? I love it, man. I love it. Um, I'm, I'm, I, you know, there, there's some stuff here and there where it's just like, eh, all right, you know, okay. But, it's all the closest, so you got, it's all the same out, so you can't. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I get it, but, um, nah, man, I, I love it. Um, mm. I, I love it, man, and, uh. To see it breathe life for a whole different yeah. set of eyes and audiences is, yeah. I, I just like looking at the comments after people have watched the first two. I just like looking at the comments just to see, because of course a lot of people who never knew August Wilson was watched it also, and that's what I'm watching for. Right, right, right. Yeah, a lot of a lot of you know just you know watching um uh, my Rainey's you know uh, that came out last year. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people didn't realize that you know they thought that it was you know the movie was like a movie and not a play. You know, mm -hmm. you know they. And I, I just and nothing love. was changed. The only thing about that one that changed is the time of year. That was right, it. Right, the right. script is still the same. And that's the crazy because I read the script after I saw it on Netflix just to make sure. Like, all right, let me see, let me see, let me see. Mm -hmm. But I they didn't only change the weather. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> I, it's it's so beautiful, man. And I just love the recognition that August Lustin is getting because um, mm -hmm. he, he he deserves it. And, you know he. 
And and not yeah. that he wasn't getting recognition before, but now he's just on a different platform. But it's from it. us. That recognition from is us. now coming from us. Because it used to just come from white people. Now it's right, coming right. from from us. Uh, and looking at all of the new TV, the new options, uh, is it any show you would like to jump on or, you know, test out or be a part of the cast? Um, man, I haven't really watched. I haven't really watched a lot, man. I'm not, I haven't mm. really watched a lot of TV. Um, my daughter keeps me busy. I've been watching a lot of Pepper Pig lately, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I had uh, my first preschool class last year, and I watched a lot yeah, of those pepper-fed type of shows. Yeah, we we we. I mean, I I can you know I can talk a whole I can talk a whole episode on Peppa Pig and her you know and all her friends. Man, we can talk about it all that. That's I, I would probably that, would that be a line because that's what you know right now. Would that be something that you'd be interested in in creating? Well, what I actually thought about was doing like nursery rhymes um, because mm. as a, I'm a musician as well. So I thought about really um, collaborating with some other musicians and like really just like, you know, putting our own spin music wise uh, with nursery rhymes just to put on YouTube, man. Because I'm, what I realized is that, you know, when she was a lot younger, um, you know, we would watch certain things on YouTube that had nursery rhymes, but all of them were, you know, they were white characters. They were white, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. white. Yeah. And so my thing is like where, and there, there's some stuff out there like, you know, um, Akili, you know, is like a, you know, like a, um, I, I consider her an African princess, but you know, it's just like an African nursery rhymes and stuff like that. So there's stuff, there's stuff out there, but my thing is just like, man. It hasn't reached a commercial level yet for yeah, it yeah, to be something that look like a pepper pig. Exactly. And there's like, man, you, gosh, there there is a network for that. There, there's mm-hmm. there's target audience, man, for that. You know, there's always kids being born left and right. And um YouTube, just technology alone, man, this is this is the new age, man, where mm-hmm. this is it. This this is their this is our, you know, this is it for them. Um tablets all around, like just keeps them focused, keeps them occupied. So I'm thinking, like, man, I would love to, like, even just jazz up, you know, some nursery rhymes and and just put it out there. And mm, check out uh, Jamal Collier uh, or Black Root. Uh, yeah. Him yeah. and his partner, they do baby beats. So that's that's not the same thing, but uh, check them out because they they figured out a way to fuse that into just learning words. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I like that, that aspect of teaching us because often that's why we don't learn because the rhythm is just off for us in terms wow. of school and being educated because we're just not, we're, used, we're coming from a different culture. So that works for some people, but it didn't necessarily work for us. So, right. But that's, I, I can't wait to see it, sir. I'm, you know, you heard it here. We're going to get some <laughs> hip-hop nursery rhymes. <laughs> uh, how often do you still uh, put yourself in a music world? Are you still um, practicing, or do you still perform? Yeah, um, it really hasn't been much out there lately. Um, you know, I'll, I'll play, I'll play at you know certain churches here and there. You know, whenever whenever I need it. But you know, I have a I have a keyboard in my room. Every now and again, I'll just play something. You know, just to make mm. to make sure I don't lose the gift. You know, I, I really mm. just I know, I know that. I'm, I'm still called to do something musically. I just don't know what exactly, but um, every just Maybe random day. Maybe you have stuff. to direct 
something, and that's how it's gonna come hey, out. You never hey, know. You never know. I'm I'm open at this point. Look, after this pandemic, I'm open to anything because it it allowed me to reset and and to really see what I am good at. You know, mm-hmm. see you know see what I am gifted at, and how can I apply that? Especially how the world is changing and how we could hit another pandemic and nobody is prepared for it. And what what can you still offer to the world, you know? So I'm I'm open to it, man. You know, I, mm-hmm. at this point, I, I'm down for whatever. <laughs> the sky is the limit. We're going to talk, because I had an idea as well, so, but I, I've been looking for the right people to have that conversation with, because you have to be mindful of those that put the information out to the wrong people. But right. as we come to a close, I wanted to, my, my final question to you is, uh, what advice would you give to your 17-year-old self uh, and what question would you ask to your hundred-year-old self? Not to change anything, but maybe just a little insight. <laughs> oh my goodness, my seventeen-year-old self. Oh my goodness. Um, advice. The advice. Oof. Advice. Um, man, just slow down, man. Slow yeah. down. It was a fast slow. one. We see. Slow down. Um, and then I would say I would I would throw in a lot of trust me's in there, you know. I would just keep saying mm, trust, trust yourself and so, trust yourself. Well, well, you know, like I'll be like, you know, look, hey, trust me, slow down, you know, just just mm. trust me, slow down, you know. Um, mm. And yeah, trust trust yourself. Yeah, trust yourself too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's really that, and that's that's what I'm learning to this day. Just with, but every- it's a balance. It's a because we're supposed to be these funky teenage creatures that go into less funkier 20-something and it gets less funkier as you go on. But, you know, that balance of being youthfully ignorant is a a part of the the journey. But, you know, trusting yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think the journey that I've been on up to this point, you know, I've, I've anticipated a lot of things where had I just slowed down you know um things wouldn't have come at me as as hard as they did you know what i'm saying where Mm. i always felt like you know if i didn't jump on this then the opportunity would never present itself again so i always felt like i had to go above and beyond and that caused me my health that caused me my you know just my, my physical health my emotional health spiritual health everything um so you know this pandemic has taught me to slow down you know mm. um but that you just said something, uh, that, that's the thing that we as young artists or new artists, because it's not always a young person that's new, uh, saying no doesn't mean that that thing ain't going to come back around. You said it earlier. If it's for you, it's yours. Right. So saying no to this doesn't mean that you can't create that opportunity for yourself that somebody else won't present it to you again. Don't feel like everything that is thrown at you is a yes. That is one of the hardest things that we learn as young artists that gets us into a lot of trouble physically and mentally and, and spiritually sometimes because we go against the grain of where we're supposed to be. Everything ain't a yes. It's not always an opportunity. So what, what advice or what question would you ask uh, to your 100-year-old self? Um. Gosh, uh, why are you still here? 
<laughs> you are two years old, man. What you still mm-hmm. doing here? <laughs> and it, and it's, it's an important question because depending on where you are in your life, it yeah. will determine how you ask both of those or the advice you give the question you ask. So periodically yeah, yeah. at some point when you think about it, just ask yourself that question again. And you'll see, depending on where you are or how you move forward or backwards, uh, that's how you'll answer that question. It's a, no, a I, writing prompt type of question. No, I, I actually, actually do. <laughs> I actually do have a question. I was just listening around, but like, <laughs> um, I don't even know if I want to be here when I'm 100, man. Like, I'm like, look, man, I'm, I'm ready. But, I don't know. What's it, the Duke of uh, Esberg? This yeah, nine yeah, yeah. and. Oh my God! Especially Tyson was ninety, what six or ninety five? We can't. Yeah. Win. That's not our our decision to make. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, I know. Um, I mean, I'll be, I'll be blessed, I'll be blessed and grateful. But I think, I think my my question is, um, I think my Get question rolled is rolled onto the stage. That's that's where you're gonna be. At. <laughs> <laughs> man, at that point, man, probably like a holograph and do it from home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I, but 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 I would I would ask him. Um, are are you are you satisfied? Like like do you, mm. do you feel like like do you feel like you you accomplished everything you wanted to accomplish? Like are are you content? Um, mm. are, are you are you good? Or you still feel like you got more in the tank? Um, mm. I, I, I would like to hear that answer. You know, because um, mm-hmm. you never know, man. You never know. And uh, I'm I'm interested in finding out. Um, you know, I, I know I just you know kind of joked about that, you know, recent, you know, previously. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm, if, if if I'm still here, then um, especially you know around that age, then um, I'm 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 confident and certain that I will have been to a I will I will have been to a point where I've done I've done I've done it all. But mm-hmm. there may be something out there that you know I still. I still, I, I can still tackle. So I, I would ask that. I would ask that question. You know, are, you, are you satisfied yet? You know, are you good? Or and that's and that's that's it. Uh, and I, I want to bring you back on, Quincy, because I'm, I'm, I've been wanting to bring you on for a minute. And this month was everybody who I said I, I wanted, and I, I reached out to you all and and um, booked the date. So uh, thank you for saying yes and for. Um, uh, coming on to the show and, and sharing who you are. This is the show is about engagement and just sharing our story in the process of showing our artistry at the same time. Uh, so thank you. I uh, appreciate you. You can find him on social media or uh, Instagram at q dot the dot actor and on uh, Facebook as Quincy Vix. Uh, so thank you again, sir. I really appreciate it. I really uh, thank you for coming on and and sharing your creative, professional self with us uh, and letting your head down for a second and taking some time out of your busy schedule uh, to be a part of uh, the Artist Exchange radio shows. I appreciate you. Um, and I'm definitely going to reach out because I do have a couple questions for you. Um, and uh, feel free to say yes. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like unseen. Uh, uh, but again, this has been another edition of the Artist Exchange radio show. You're going to see Quincy again. I'm a get them to come on again somehow i'm finagle them uh but uh again this has been the artist exchange radio show with me your host nate up next is the cocktail social blue and his socialists shout out to everybody that's been viewing please like share subscribe and you know that donation button down at the bottom cash at me come on put something in the palms huh? peace out